Hello, my fellow Michiganders, and welcome to For the Love of Michigan podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. Sorry there was no episode last week. I kind of hit a little bump in the road with my mental health, so I was recuperating from that. But I'm back, still feeling a little burnt out from everything that's going on in my life right now between school and student organizations and whatnot. But the show must go on. I'm feeling somewhat better in order to talk about all things in the state of Michigan. So let's get right to it, shall we? So first up on the docket today, we're going to talk about Dr. Khaldun resigning her roles as the Chief Medical Executive and Chief Deputy Director for Health in the state of Michigan. As you guys know, hopefully you guys know, if you've been watching press conferences that Wimmer did over the past year, Dr. Khaldun was at the forefront of that, talking about the mandate, the closings, Anything related to COVID-19, she was there sharing all the information with us to give us a doctor's standpoint. Now, there's one thing that I remember vividly from Dr. Khaldun's time of doing these press conferences was when a reporter asked her about if somebody died from a different cause or a different illness, and if COVID-19 was in their system, if hospitals were still going to be marking that as a death from COVID, and Dr. Khaldun said yes, I remember watching that press conference. I freaked out about it because I can't believe she said the quiet part out loud. I mean, people suspected that happening. And nobody else freaked out about it. And I don't even think many people covered that. So I digress. I want to thank Dr. Khaldun for everything that she's done in the medical field. I'm sure she's an inspiration to many in the medical field. And can't wait to see what she has to do next. I believe I saw on LinkedIn that she is going to be doing a non-governmental role in health, so we'll see. But I wish her nothing but the best. Thank you for your time in the state of Michigan, and best of luck to you. Speaking of health, COVID-19, I want to talk about Senate Bill 82 being passed in the Senate last week, or actually a couple of weeks ago now at this point, Whitmer and Michigan Republicans in the Senate negotiated on this bill behind closed doors. Now, while it also includes funding for infrastructure and higher education, which, awesome, great to hear about that, it also had a couple of things about COVID-19, which I find very interesting. Let's lay the groundwork first. Let me give you guys a couple of reminders. Governor Whitmer is a Democrat. Governor Whitmer was in the running to be Biden's VP, She was one of the VP choices, or at least it was speculated. She helped out with his inauguration plans. So Whitmer and Biden are very buddy-buddy. So when you recall what Biden has been saying about vaccines and how this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated, I want you guys to pay attention to this because Whitmer is turning everything on the federal government's head alongside the Michigan Senate Republicans. So the budget bill bans any state entity from requiring or creating vaccine passports, establishing or publicly releasing any COVID-19 vaccine database, or retaliating against someone who chooses not to get vaccinated. So this is great. You've been hearing talks about vaccine passports. So this prevents any vaccine passports being created in the state of Michigan. So that's great news. Also, I'm getting this from the Detroit Free Press. I'll leave a link in the description so you guys can check it out and read for yourself. If there's a federal vaccine mandate, the bill would require the state provide exemptions for those whose doctors say they they should not get vaccinated or anyone with religious convictions or other consistently held objection to immunization. So again, Michiganders' choice, whether or not they want to get vaccinated, pretty much. 
if there's a federal vaccine mandate. They can also talk to their doctor, which you should if you are concerned about, about the COVID-19 vaccine and you're still not sure whether or not to get it, talk to your doctor about it. Again, pro-vaccine over here. I've got my two Fauci-ouchies, but anti-mandate. And I'm glad that they're considering, or at least taking religious convictions very seriously. Also, you know, COVID-19 can, or the, the vaccine I should say, could have adverse effects depending on your health. I mean, that's just the way of life. That That's how it is with almost any vaccine. So there you go. So that's great that the state is protecting its own citizens. Hopefully states' rights are still a thing as COVID-19 goes on. The budget bill expressly prevents state and county health departments from enforcing any mask mandates on anyone who is 17 or younger. I actually just saw something from the Allegan County Health Department yesterday that they reversed their decision about how strict they were being on mask mandates compared to, shoot, it was probably last month when they sent out that letter to a parent and threatened to call CPS if the kid didn't get masked up or if the parent didn't get vaccinated. Crazy times we're living in, so I'm glad the Allegan County Health Department has scaled back on that. They shouldn't have even said that to begin with. They also shouldn't have threatened CPS to be called. That's a little ridiculous. So, again, in public schools, it is still your choice. I mean, I think at this point, it would be up to the Board of Education of each school district, even though this bill expressly prevents state and county health departments from enforcing any mask mandates. So, yeah, it does look like it would be up to the Board of Education of each school district, as it should be. Everything should be handled at the local level as much as possible. The state shouldn't have much interference or the federal government, at least in my opinion. Also, something very interesting out of this budget bill, it requires the health department issue a report within seven days of enacting a new pandemic order. The report must include an explanation of the epidemic, which areas of the state are threatened by the epidemic, and I'll get to why I'm calling it an epidemic in a second, evidence used to determine that gathering restrictions are necessary, a list of outside experts and sources relied upon to craft the order and the amount of money paid to these experts and sources, a list of state employees responsible for creating that order, and a list of which factors the department will weigh when deciding to end or change the order. So that's great. More accountability from the gov or for the government, I should say. The citizens will finally know who's making the decisions, why they're making making the decisions. And it's just great. I feel like this has been something that we've been asking for for about a year now. And we're finally getting it. Too little too late? I don't know. We'll see. But the reason why I'm calling it the epidemic, or why the article was calling it an epidemic, it's because the state of Michigan classifies COVID-19 as an epidemic in the state of Michigan, as opposed to the international classification of a pandemic. I got that from the Michigan.gov website. I'll also link that in the description. So in the state of Michigan, COVID-19 is an epidemic, not a pandemic. Let's just get that out there. Let's use the correct terminology, folks. Let's do it. So this is a surprising turn of events for the state of Michigan with Senate Bill 82. It's surprising that Whitmer negotiated with Michigan Senate Republicans on this bill. She's not exactly happy about it, but it's going to help out Michiganders in the long run. And I'm glad that she's finally putting Michiganders first and listening to her citizens. This is great news. and I'm glad that she's finally doing it. Whether or not it's because of the election coming up. We'll see. I think, in all honesty, 
I do think that it is because of the election. I believe that had, I don't know, I, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't want to get too caught up into it. Personally, I do think that it's because of the election coming up, but you guys can make your own opinions on that, whether you guys are fans of Whitmer or not. If you think that she's doing it because of the election or not, that is completely up to you. Don't let me dictate what you think, because we all deserve to be independent thinkers. That's what I'd like to think that I am. So we'll see. We'll see how well Senability 2 holds up. And if push comes to shove from the federal government over the next couple of years, we'll see how firmly Michigan stands their ground because of this bill, whether Whitmer is the governor or not. Speaking of being governor, what in the hell is going on with Chief James Craig's campaign for governor in the state of Michigan? As you guys know, Chief James Craig is a former Detroit police chief who announced his candidacy for governor a couple of weeks back under everybody's speculation of whether or not he was going to. He was on Tucker Carlson saying to... Stay tuned, and he finally launched his campaign. There's a couple of photos of him on Mackinac Island campaigning and marching and drew a pretty decent crowd. As of right now, he is the most popular Republican candidate for governor. In a poll, he was leading by six points compared to Whitmer. Now, here's the thing. Here's where I get stuck up on Chief James Craig's campaign. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't vote for him. I think I would vote for him. The only reason why I wouldn't vote for him right now, he has no policies at all. You go onto his campaign website, there is nada, zilch. So I, in my opinion, I wouldn't vote for a candidate that has no policies on his website. They have a, a campaign video, but that's it. He doesn't even talk about his policies in the campaign video. Anytime that he's in an interview, he skirts around what his policies are. So I don't get how Chief James Craig is the most popular Republican candidate for governor right now. It just, it makes no sense. There are other candidates for governor that are out there right now that do have policies. So it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolds over the past or over the next couple of months as we ramp up. I know personally, I think I'll vote in the Michigan Republican primary for governor just so that there's a good candidate that's going up against Governor Whitmer. Whether or not I vote for Whitmer in the actual election itself is yet to be seen. We'll see what she does over the past, or oh, I keep on saying over the past, I'm sorry about that. Over the next couple of months, maybe she'll turn things around. But in a lot of ways, I think it is too little too late. I think there's one thing that we need to consider, however, when it comes to the Republican candidates for governor. The big thing with 2020 was how there was widespread election fraud, and that's why Biden won. And a lot of these candidates for governor, and I think this might be where Michiganders detract a little bit from Republicans is that some of them believe that there was voter fraud that did sway the election towards Biden. I mean, you have people like Ryan Kelly, who was the Allendale commissioner, or drain commissioner, my apologies, that said that, quote, he believes that the 2020 election was a disrespect to our constitutional republic. I do believe it was fraudulent, but I don't believe there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to put Trump back into office. He would have to run again in 2024, unquote. 
Keep in mind, Kelly also participated in January 6th, so there's that. You have people like James Craig that say that he didn't really think that there was too much fraud in the election, but, quote, however, I don't take lightly the concerns of so many in our state who have expressed that there was fraud, unquote saying that he would be open to an audit and supporting uh, requiring identification to vote, which really isn't that far-fetched of an idea to have an ID to vote. I said what I said. Make it more accessible if people are that worried. (laughs) I'm just saying. So I think that's one thing that we're all going to have to keep in mind, whether or not there was fraud in the election. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that say that there isn't. There's a lot of experts out there that say that there isn't. Who knows, honestly, at this point. But I think that's one thing that we're going to be taking a look at when it comes to the gubernatorial election is whether or not people actually support the candidates that say that there was fraud or support the candidates that said that there wasn't fraud. It will depend. I mean, Michigan is a purple state. I, it, we're unpredictable. <laughs> if that's one thing that I found to love about Michigan in some ways is that we're unpredictable when it comes to our politics. I've talked to a state representative in his district. They voted for Trump for president, voted for Whitmer for governor, and voted for him. He was a Democrat, or is a Democrat still. That hasn't changed, but they voted for him. So don't count Michiganders out in this next election cycle for the midterms. It is going to get interesting. I can't wait to see how all this unfolds. Personally, I think in the state, Republicans might take over a little bit more. Maybe Democrats will gain a couple of seats. We'll see. But at the federal level, Republicans are going to take over in the House. We're going to see a red wave at the federal level. We might even get a Republican governor. Again, it depends on who gets the Republican primary nomination. At this point, it's looking like it might be James Craig. But James Craig, as a Michigander, put out some policies, man. You can't just say back the blue and that you disapprove of Whitmer for her COVID-19 stuff. That's not policy. That's like saying, oh, what was the meme last year during the election cycle that Biden's only uh, policy was Trump is bad. (laughs) Don't be a Joe Biden, James Craig. Even though I know you don't like Joe Biden, don't be a Joe Biden. We don't need another one of those running a state or being in office, all right? So, guys, I know this was a quick episode of For the Love of Michigan. Not really much to talk about this week. Everything was pretty straightforward. I'll be including all the articles that I reference in the description below, or however however descriptions work nowadays. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm very excited to be on Spotify, very excited to be on Google Podcasts. I'm considering putting it up on Apple Podcasts. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people that either gravitate towards Spotify or Google, and I feel like a lot of Apple users use Spotify anyway for not only their music, but their podcast needs. So make sure you subscribe to For the Love of Michigan on Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'll be setting up social media here very soon to where you guys can send in topics you want me to talk about, and it's going to be fun. Thank you for listening to For the Love of Michigan once again. I hope you guys have a great week, and For the Love of Michigan, do something to save our state.